welcome to Living Well with Titan Well, where we discuss healthy living. I'm Variesta Verhelde Dios. And I'm Stephanie McGuire. And I'm Jennifer Langenwalter. Today we're going to be talking about Titan Well Health Promotion Services. All right, let's get started. So the first thing I'd like is for everybody to introduce themselves. So Stephanie, why don't we start with you? My name is Stephanie McGuire. I am one of the health educators in the Titanwell area. I oversee SHAG, which is our sexual health awareness group that does education on sexual well-being. And I also oversee our outreach team, which is all of our peer health educators. And you all might know this from our famous hut, which is our little gazebo that's out on the walkway. I still don't know why it's shaped like an egg. Is, is it an egg? What? It looks like an egg to me, don't you think? <laughs> it's a little hut. Right? It's a little hut, a little gazebo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh. like a gazebo, right. Like, that's oh. a good description for it, I, a gazebo. I seriously thought it was an, <laughs> an egg. An egg? <laughs> like, you have an egg? I know, that's why. <laughs> Benny the egg yeah. is what they're referring to. <laughs> okay, Jen, why don't you tell us about yourself? Uh, so, I'm Jennifer Langewalter again, um, and I am the health educator that oversees the topic area. We call it CHOMP, which is Cooking Healthy and Optimal Movement. But basically, we try to come up with programming that helps you think about nutrition and physical activity in a different way and just think about your health in a different way. So we do cooking demonstrations. We partner with the SRC. We partner with the hut um, and just try to open your mind to thinking about it differently. Okay, thanks. So we also have one more person who's not here today, Nina. But Nina is in charge of SIP, which is Substance Intervention and Prevention. So my name is Vera Esta, but no one ever calls me that, not even my own family. Veer is good enough. I am the Assistant Director of Titanwell Health Promotion Services. So now that we've talked about ourselves, let's do a little intro for our, with our educational and career backgrounds. So Jen, why don't you start us off with that one? Okay. So my education, I was on the, the long track to a bachelor's and I changed my major about 10 times and landed on finance, which doesn't fit my personality at all. Um, but I took that and I worked in employee wellness and HR and marketing for about 20 years and then decided to pursue a passion, which is health and got my master's in public health at Claremont. I did get my bachelor's in finance here at Fullerton. And then I've been working in health promotion for about five or six years, I think, and landed here at my alma mater. Uh, funny enough, I saw Veer's job in an advertisement for Indeed <laughs> and talked to one of the professors that I know that works here, and she had suggested pursuing higher level of education before applying for a position um, like that. So here I am, six years later. All right, Steph, how about you? Yeah, I'm what I call a UC baby. So I went to UC Merced where I got my bachelor's in sociology and I minored in anthropology. And then I went to UC Davis for my MPH, which stands for master's in public health. After that, I started my career in public health, specifically in higher education through health promotion at Cal State LA. Um, and then after a couple years there, I wanted to experience a bigger campus. Um, so Cal State Fullerton's definitely bigger. And I also wanted to come here for its diversity. So I've been in higher education, health promotion for the last eight years of my career. Um, and now I'm here helping out Titans. Yay. So for myself, I got my bachelor's of health sciences with a concentration in health education and my master of public health in health education, 
both from CSUN. I'm currently a doctoral candidate, which essentially means I'm finished with everything except my dissertation at Claremont Graduate University, which is actually where I met Jen. She was actually um, my day-to-day preceptor when I was completing my dissertation preceptorship. Uh, Before I was at Fullerton, I used to teach at CSUN in the Health Sciences Department, and I was also the lead health educator at Pasadena City College's Student Health Center. I've been doing health education for like 10 years, so this was a great opportunity to move up into the world and what I want to do. So um, now that we've talked about our backgrounds, why don't we talk about what brought us to Fullerton and what brought us specifically to Titanwell? So Steph? So specifically to Titanwell, I was really excited by this idea that there were various members on the team. So different health educators that specifically focused on one or two well-being health topics. So in my previous role, I was a health educator who focused on all topics. Um, So I was really excited to be able to just hone in my skills on topics that I really enjoy. Um, So I was really excited when I saw the posting and I'm glad that I'm here. Specifically, Cal State Fullerton, like I said, it's really the diversity aspect that drew me to it. I am a first generation uh, Mexican-American, and I know that this is a Hispanic serving um, institution. And so that was really exciting for me to be able to give back, especially to my own community. Thanks for that, Steph. How about you, Jen? Well, I, like I said, uh, had looked at that job about five, six years ago, but I wasn't quite ready. Um, And then I found out throughout my education at Claremont that I really had a passion for health coaching, health education, and working with students in groups and one-on-one. And I thought that this job would kind of fulfill all my needs, um, health education and programming, um, getting to look at uh, health coaching as far as uh, one-on-one with students and then also with my um, peer health educators and I just I don't know I get I like the energy on campus I always wanted to come back here because I did get my bachelor's and it doesn't hurt that I live only two miles from campus so Um, convenient (laughs) yeah I was commuting for a long time Um, and I just I'm learning a lot being in higher education I was out in community and nonprofit before this it's a different um, kind of health education but I'm learning to love it and I'm thanks to my coworkers, just learning a lot and learning how to navigate the system and hopefully make some good programming for y'all. It's so funny you mentioned that because that's also what I was thinking about when I was thinking about this question, like the commute. <laughs> um, I, uh, I live north of Hollywood, so obviously that commute is insane. So when I applied to this job, um, my family was like, why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. Your commute's going to be insane. And my mom was like, Oh, good luck. <laughs> and she was like, no, that's not That's going to make sense. But it really has been totally different. And you're right. Like the Titan well has been so great to me. I, I, I do want to mention um, all three of us, including Nina, who's not here right now, um, are fairly new on the team. All of us are fairly new to the team. So I don't think it's an experience of like the people are great. Like we've like we've experienced these new environments um, because the people that we work with are really awesome. The The team's been awesome. The students are awesome. Um, so Fullerton is just like a great place to work because I worked at CSUN. Steph, you work elsewhere, right? Yeah, something I forgot to mention is that during my time at Cal State LA, 
um, as a full-time health educator in their health promotion team. I was also hired on um, as a adjunct. I have such a hard time saying that word. Lecture. It's a funny word. Yeah. (laughs) And so basically what that means is like a part-time lecture, not tenure, no PhD, um, which is a fun fact that I share with a lot of students that if they go on to get their master's in any kind of area, they can always go back to a Cal State um, and apply to become a part-time lecturer. So I do. I teach part-time. Um, and I still teach part-time at Cal State LA. So talking about a drive, (laughs) I go once a week during the academic year all the way to Cal State LA and I teach for their public health department. And I specialize in teaching their community health class and their intro to health and wellness class. So yes, definitely do have a drive still. Yeah. Like, I think that's so common here. Um, if you live in Southern California, like we just have our commutes, um, and we all just drive all over the place, but I have to say it's been worth it being a part of Fullerton. Uh, it's totally different from the LA environment. Orange County is so different, but I really enjoy the commute. And I think for me, like Jen was saying, um, I was a health educator for a long time and I wanted something bigger for myself. I went back, I had a mentor who was like, same thing. I talked to a few people and and they kind of shoved me. I always say I get thrown into the deep end about um, uh, teaching, about getting my doctorate. It wasn't things that I was interested in, but I wanted something bigger for myself. So that's why, I was interested in that, but community colleges don't hire health promotion for health centers or for director positions. So I knew that my time was limited in a community college, even though that's where I started. So um, I applied, I found this online, like on a Facebook group, this position, and I applied like at the last minute, never thought it'd be serious. I remember being in like Vegas in like a hotel room and like submitting like two days before it was due and going, now nothing's gonna happen from this. They're gonna find much better people So I am appreciative of the fact that I'm here today with this awesome team that I'm I'm so grateful to be leading. But really, they same as Jen is saying, they teach me so much. You all teach me so much. You know what's funny? What you just said, you didn't think the job was real. (laughs) Because so many times when you go on Indeed, when after you've got a degree of any type and you're looking for work and you're just throwing out resumes. When I saw this one come up, I actually sent Vera a text and said, is this a real (laughs) job or an Indeed, like listening to me, you know, my search engine a logarithm or whatever and, and she's then, like no it's a real opening right and then i remember saying there's nothing else i could say about this because i'm on the committee yep. so i have to keep quiet yep. but all i could say was yes it's a real opening <laughs> i remember that something remember else that. that i want to add that you said Vir, was that you didn't think like the you'd get the position or it wasn't going to happen and i just want to point out that you know we're staff we're professional we've, we've been in the field and we still have imposter syndrome so 100%. i mean it's still really real mm-hmm. um and you know we still battle that i think in our everyday work and i think it's really important that we mention that because yes. just because we're staff and we're done with school doesn't mean that we're not impacted by all these different you know emotional mental health uh, thoughts that students have every day too yeah, I remember my family thought I was crazy because I prepped for the interview, like prepped and prepped like it was a paper or something because I just thought, oh, my God, they're not going to pick me because I'm not an RD, you know, and it's oh, and it's nutrition. So I just over prepped for the interview. But um, I learned but that's a lot. what got you here. See, <laughs> prep counts. Yeah, I def- yeah. definitely learned a lot. We're talking about that now, but that's going to be like uh, like doing well in a job interview and what you need to prepare, because I think that's that's absolutely something that. We go through so much imposter syndrome and figuring out, am I right for this job? And then you look at other ones, other people, you never know who other people are applying for. I read, uh, I talked to somebody in an HR department who said that women will apply for positions 
if they hit 70% of the duties and men will apply for positions if they hit 50% of the duties. Oh, interesting. So it's such a, they, so it's like, we look at that and we're like, nope, can't do it. But you know, trying, that's absolutely true. So now that we've talked about ourselves, let's get into Titan Well. So Titan Well, Titan Well is health. It's, we're officially called, our department's called Titan Well Health Promotion Services. And I really say that intentionally because um, some people confuse us for the health center. Some people confuse us for the SRC. Some people confuse us for like all of wellness. So it's like, I really like to say Titan Well Health Promotion Services. So we specifically focus on health promotion. But what does health promotion mean? Uh, so health promotion <laughs> is basically a raising awareness for um, things that cause disease in any area of wellness and learning how to prevent disease by taking just simple precautions in any area. And on a college campus, it looks completely different than it would at a hospital or in a community setting. But it's promoting prevention and overall well-being and wellness. Yeah, and I would add that that's also like it encompasses those healthy choices right and really making health behavior changes uh, which is i know incredibly hard when you're a student because you feel like you have a billion and one health behavior changes that you have to do in order to keep on top of everything um, but we do we help with that and when we talk about wellness it's not just physical wellness or right, well-being which is what or everybody health. thinks well, yes everyone thinks that that's why there's different health educators and we cover different topics and I think that that's important. Like both of you mentioned, like Jen, you mentioned that health promotion looks different on a college campus than it would at a hospital. And Steph, you're talking about health behavior and long-term change because that's what we do. So a lot of people tend to think like our one-offs and um, the events that we do are immediate, but what we're really looking at is long-term lifelong change in in people and then you you add on you tack on this idea of students so like not only am i a student but now i also have to focus on my healthy living like what what does all of that mean and i can't even figure out how to get out of bed every day or i can't even figure out how to finish this paper and now you're telling me that i should really focus on my health as well which is absolutely totally different from somebody in a hospital who might be there for a few weeks and you're teaching them behavior change but we're looking at somebody for four years minimum or two years minimum depending on if they transfer here and so health promotion absolutely you're right looks totally different here um, or any college campus than anywhere else well and i think too with this age group you're not thinking about your long-term health you're like you said the paper you know the housing the the what are you going to eat for dinner? But um, we want you to leave here knowing that every decision you make um, will impact your overall long-term health. And we're just going to give you some tools to hopefully um, make some choices that, that uh, behoove you or that I used a big word, sorry, <laughs> uh, that are salient to you. Another big word. Uh, give me, give me an easy word. That, that are helpful to you. That are helpful to you yeah. and that you appreciate and kind of meeting you where you are. I would add to that, that, even though we're out here providing you with these tools and these resources and this education, that it's all about when you're ready to take this information, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So what we're hoping for is that at the end of however long you're here on campus, because some folks are here longer than four years, mm -hmm. that at the end of it all, yes, you feel accomplished, but that maybe you also remember when you see one of our really cool giveaways on, you know, your dorm desk when you're packing things up, like, oh yeah, you know, I went to this event and it taught me how to 
you know, eat the rainbow on my plate or, you know, we want to make sure that you're having those takeaways and that you're having those flashback moments um, so that you can implement it after you graduate. Um, the other thing I wanted to add to what Veer was saying a little earlier, especially because, you know, we're giving this information and yes, your students and it can be really overwhelming, right? Academics plus my own health, plus self-care, plus family, plus work. Yep. Um, is it sometimes it's a little contradictory, right? You're on a college campus <laughs> and we're telling you to get your full eight hours of sleep, but you also have an assignment that's due at midnight, which of course we all procrastinate to do. Right. So how am I supposed to get my eight hours of sleep, but also finish everything that I need to do, right? So I just wanted to throw that out there because a lot of people sometimes feel like, why are we getting this information if, you know, I can't even implement yes, it. Yes, I can't even in, implement in it, world. but it's because it's not for right now. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's for the weekend. Maybe it's for when you're back home. Maybe it's for your summer. Um, so I just wanted to add that. Or, or maybe it's for when you graduate and you finally have time to yourself. Yep. You know, it's, it's we are here to provide information and support um, and promote healthy behavior living, whether it be now or whether it be 10 years from now. Maybe you think about Titan Well later on and go, oh, yeah, I remember when I went to a shag event and I definitely make sure I get HIV tested because of that. So it's like I can only hope, <laughs> <laughs> I can only hope that condoms are being used and yeah. uh, you seeing uh, yeah, eating the rainbow. Wait, is that did I say that right? Eating the rainbow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm imagining like taste the rainbow. Oh, Skittles. Skittles, Skittles though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Which you can have Skittles if you want them. <laughs> right. I, I still think about that. Like I've been told, you know, like do you diet? You diet. You diet. But it's not. It's about about like healthy behavior, living, whatever that means for you, as long as you're living healthy. Right. Feeling good, thinking good, performing good. Yep. Um, it's all impacted by all these topic areas. Yep. And that's what we're here for. So. Um, Let's talk specifically about Titan Well itself. So um, each of you mentioned that you have a specific area that you focus on. So Jen, you focus on Chomp, and Steph, you focus on Shag, and I mentioned Nina focuses on Sip. So what what do you do for Titan Well? So all right, Steph, you want to go this time? Yes, okay. I can go this time. I was cut off guard last time, but I'm here <laughs> right. for it. But this that's time. why we're here for each other. <laughs> Um, all right. So I had mentioned that I oversee SHAG, which is our sexual health awareness group. So what does SHAG do for you? So I have a team of peer health educators, which are undergraduate level students that get hired on. And I oversee, honestly, like their content creation and content isn't just for social media. It's content for marketing content for presentations and outreach um, and all of our content really focuses on sexual well-being and education so it's about like we had talked about earlier with health promotion and gen prevention um, and so what does prevention look like when we're talking about sexual health it's really about making sure that you have you know education a really great understanding on different contraception methods barrier methods such as you know condoms external and internal one of our really big programs i like to say it's big um is our wrap program which some of you may have heard of and i'm gonna spell it out because it's not wrap like you wrap a sandwich it's wrap like you're wrapping i guess rap uh, readily accessible protection program this is a program where you all can access a, a link either on our instagram or on our website 
and you can place a custom order for all of your needed barrier methods. And we have a plethora of methods um, and really cool new items that we throw in there every once in a while. So we just recently got a pleasure lubrication that's like tingly, which is for some folks, not for all folks. Uh, you know, we also got uh, what I'm calling pleasure toys, so otherwise known as sex toys. We just got cleaner for that. So a lot of people forget that you really need to clean your toys, you know, in between partners. So that's one of the big programs that we have. We also do outreach on the walkway. We collaborate with our campus partners in housing, um, you know, in Dirk. And then we also have presentations for clubs and orgs, fraternity, sorority life, um, professors that ask us to come to, you know, their classes to really educate this information. And we're really active on social media. Um, we've oh, gotten yeah. some attention for oh, yeah. some of our posts. <laughs> if y'all want to go onto our social media um, and check us out and really look at what we're doing on there, we just really try to educate everyone. Um, and we're really inclusive when we're educating. We understand that some people might not be ready for this education, um, you know, and they practice abstinence or, you know, they choose when they want to practice sex, which is not right now. And that's totally OK. We're just here to make that a little bit more comfortable for everybody involved. I, I would absolutely agree that shag is a very popular um, topic for our students, uh, but super important. Sexual health is super important, especially for this population. And Jen, I always I talk about shag in terms of our social media because it is like so widely popular. <laughs> but then I also talk about Jen's team, uh, Chomp, uh, when I talk about um, what students don't know, the simplicity of what students don't know. So Jen, why don't you tell us a little bit about Chomp? So CHOMP is a cooking healthy and optimal movement, and it's a lot of words. Um, but basically, we go out and we try to meet you where you are with your nutrition and physical activity needs. So if you are struggling to find time to grocery shop, to plan meals, um, if you really just don't even know how to cook, you know, simple things, making rice, um, just learning how to use the microwave better, um, figuring out what an Instapot is, just giving you those simple tools that you maybe didn't pick up from your house because you were working and trying to get yourself into school and, and never home and didn't watch your mom cook. So cooking is a really important um, factor in eating healthy. And then also just understanding um, what's on your plate, understanding that you can have um, the foods that you like and understanding you can have the foods that taste good to you um, and just helping you understand how that fits into your lifestyle and with whatever your health goals are. So uh, like I was saying, yeah, like Chomp, um, like I think one of our most popular social media posts or something like that for Chomp is like how to boil an egg, how to make rice. So like those simple things. Um, well, I mean, I call them simple. I apologize. It's really it's hard to <laughs> yeah. get the perfect hard boiled egg. OK, well, you can look <laughs> on our old social media, how to boil an egg three ways. It's true. Yeah. It's, I mean, even with rice, you know, like even that's hard to make like the way that you want it to. Oh, and like yeah. the kind of rice greens. Well, and choose. remembering to wash your rice. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's a huge thing that people don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like it's like I sorry, I apologize. I don't mean the word simple. I mean, like. A lot of people assume these things that people know, but um, and, and that's part of the barrier that we're trying to break is that people make these assumptions about some of the health topics that we talk about, you know, sexual health. People assume that everybody's having sex, where statistically speaking, only less than half is that Not stuff. true. Yeah, yeah like, a lot less than half. Yeah, or like Jen, people assume that people, like Steph was saying, people know how to boil an egg, but of course it's so hard to boil an egg. What does that look like? Like people have 
people buy timers to put in the water so that it's cooked properly. So it's like, how do you make that perfectly boiled egg? I don't know how to do it. So it's it's that's what the kind of barriers that we're trying to break in Titan Well is those knowledge barriers, those action barriers, your ability to um, do something because you feel confident in being able to do it, being right. able to. Um, for Nina with SIP, with Substance Intervention and Prevention, where she focuses on alcohol and other drugs, this also misconception that everybody's doing drugs or everybody's drinking, but we know that that's not the case for our students. Nope. So it's like that, that connection and understanding that our students might have these misconceptions and we're trying to break them. And I like the harm reduction aspect, mm -hmm. especially with SIP. Um, acknowledging that you know sometimes that you are exposed to drinking and other things that you might not have been exposed to and just teaching you what it is and what it looks like yeah yeah that that's a good point Steph yeah I was just gonna add 100% because I think a lot of times when anyone really thinks about health promotion and education on alcohol and other substances it's always like don't ever drink don't ever you know even look at drugs don't right. I, you know i mean that's totally not the approach that we take and right. i think that i applaud sip for you know really in instilling that and creating this really comfortable environment for students to really feel like oh i can actually learn about this in case i'm around these substances or you know in case i do decide to partake in drinking um and we're really focusing on okay you know making sure that you're safe and others are safe if you're deciding to you know do so because if you do it's better that you know than you don't and then there's a lot of health consequences and things that can happen because of that yeah yeah and i think that that's right like that is really what we focus on is like stuff you were saying like whether you choose to stay abstinent or whether you are practicing sex um, hopefully it's safe mm -hmm. or Jen hopefully it when you're using I love you always use the word joyful movement if you're focusing on joyful movement like it's safe for your body or it's right. safe for you you're not overdoing it you're not whatever that means to you or for for Nina um, talking about whether you partake in alcohol or not whether you partake in drugs our focus is just to educate you on it and to prevent harm in that regard um, or to at least minimize the issue of harm um, I think for me, it's because I have, I always call it the unsexy topic, <laughs> but um, just looking at um, uh, not a harm reduction, but kind of blowing away the, the diet culture and the, if it, if it doesn't hurt, what is it? No pain, no gain with exercise. Right. Um, just kind of throwing out the whole eighties and nineties um, and understanding that food and moving your body can look a lot different for everybody and it's attainable for everybody. I think that kind of brings into like. I don't, I, I'm not speaking for anybody else here, but I mean, I grew up during the DARE program and uh, oh, the, dare. I can't remember what my, it stands for right now. My son has a DARE shirt. Yeah, DARE shirt. B, yeah. you don't do drugs. A, you won't have attitude. R, 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 will respect myself. E, I don't know what E stands for. I don't, know. I don't remember that song. I don't remember I don't song. remember it. <laughs> I remember it. Well, I mean, we, we have learned so much that DARE did not work. You oh, know, yeah, no. DARE even in increased the usage of drugs because of its program so you know we are getting away from the don't do it more of if you're going to do it here's a safe way to do it or here's a way to make sure that you are comfortable with what's happening talk about you know dare um and talk about you know 80s and 90s culture around eating and diet and working mm -hmm. out um, I always think about when we're talking about sexual health, how, I mean, I don't even know the time period, and I know some folks still use this, but like the scare tactics where they show mm -hmm. images of 
anatomy so like parts of the body um involved in sex and it's like scary because it has you know all these warts and all this pus coming out of it because it's the sti <laughs> yeah and right. it's like that doesn't that doesn't really work <laughs> right yeah we're i'm glad we're moving away from like the scare tactics and moving more to supportive measures and like supportive ways of helping people understand because it, it really did not work. That scare tactics did not work. You know, Mm-mm. this is your brain. And like the restricting foods. with diet, you you can't have this. You can have that. Right. Foods are good and bad. Um, all those things. Um, yeah. All those philosophies are outdated and not effective. I think what that really highlights, especially when we're talking about health promotion as a whole, which I think is really important um, for our students to understand, is that health promotion public health is just constantly learning constantly researching what is working what is not and so we're not saying that back then you know they knew that what they were saying or advocating or educating was wrong they didn't they truly believed that what they were doing was working but then through education through through research i should say um which is what really fuels health promotion uh, is where they learned hey you know maybe this isn't the best route that we should be taking on it so um i think it's really important to understand that that things are constantly changing and constantly evolving and we're learning with that you just like spurred a thought in my head about public health what we usually do is um come from the after point so let's just say cancer for example and backing into how did america become this way and then going back to those diet culture and physical activity culture and realizing we didn't raise some healthy people Mm. (laughs) over that time period and so public health with anything um it's this is happening to a lot of people so we've got to figure out why and how to fix it and i love that about our industry i I, you also bring up that point like we I, I think that's why health promotion or even public health isn't as well known or our area of public health isn't as well known because we, um, everybody talks about treatment. We always talk about like, okay. We're, we're all we're, nodding our heads to the <laughs> <show. Yeah. laughs> Like, yes. Um, so it's like this idea of like, w- let's bring up the idea of cancer. Like, so we're looking at cancer, but somebody already has cancer. So it's like some, but we're, we're, we're dealing with it after the fact. Mm-hmm. And our job is to prevent it from happening uh, not cancer, that's obviously a big thing to, to achieve, but like we're, we're preventing future illness. So, but it's so misunderstood what we do, mm-hmm. because if we, and I always say this even to my students, if we do our job right, we don't get acknowledged because you can't prove that you're the reason why somebody lives an extra 20 years, Yeah. right? But you can prove that somebody lived an extra six months because you gave them medication. Yeah. You could see that, but you can't see that in public health or really in health promotion. I also, I also think that especially with the pandemic and with COVID, I, d- I didn't so, want to bring it up, but I was going to throw. That <laughs> well, in what I noticed personally was so before COVID, before the pandemic, whenever I talked to anyone about health promotion, like they're like, "Oh, what do you do for a living?" They're like, "Oh, health promotion, public health. I'm a health educator." They're like, "So you're like a teacher?" <laughs> I'm like, uh, "Not really. Um, kind of, maybe." Um, and then the pandemic happened, public health happened. You know, public health, CDPH was at the forefront of everything. LA County public health department and then i feel like people finally understood what public health was Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but in a negative light and they're like oh and like a confusing way you do public health yeah 
you're the reason why I can't do X, Y, and Z. Yes. Or you're so wishy-washy. You know, (laughs) you all say one thing and then you change it to another, which again, back to research. Right. And what's working and what's not. Yep. I was um, getting a tattoo one time and I, you know, in tattoo parlors, if you've ever been, they have the, they have to put up their like approval from the Department of Public Health. Mm -hmm. Um, So I said that I, you know, my degree is in public health and I remember the guy going, oh, you're the person that doesn't approve us. (laughs) What? There's, there's so many public like how people involved like I, don't, I definitely don't do that but yeah it's, it's absolutely misunderstood it's yeah. not something that we know about and then covid turned it into a way that um stigma like made it worse i don't know <laughs> yeah it's hard it's like hard to say it's because it did bring it to light and so we can explain it a little more but like you said it we definitely got the negative side of all of that publicity yeah yeah and even like like i i think when i started getting into public health I think my mom was like um, oh uh, so you're going to be one of those CSI people and I'm like no that's totally different <laughs> that's like that's not even close to my degree but they don't understand that'd be it. cool though I guess <laughs> <laughs> like doing the analysis in a microbio lab or something I just think of CSI the show that's why yeah it's like, that, oh, that's, that's a cool show yeah <laughs> But they, like, go to crime scenes and stuff. I know. That's not real. It's not relevant. You know, so I, I was going to say, I don't think there's ever been a good show on public health experts. We're not that. I don't know. Are we fun? I, I think I'm fun. I think we could have a whole show like The Office with our health promotion. Oh, my God. We have so much that goes on. Just a thought. Well, I mean, I guess with, you know, with this podcast that we're doing, we're trying to integrate some fun into our health promotion field. And hope that people move along with it. I just um, would have to work hard at uh, making that happen, making yeah. helping with the students. Well, and that's why it kind of circles back to on this college campus, what health promotion looks like mm-hmm. is so different in other industries. And that's why we need the students. That's why we need the peer yes, health educators. Yes, circle back. Let's I'm, circle I'm back. It home. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why we need the peer health educators. And that's why research shows that it's more effective coming from your peers peer to peer because we can understand how you want to see the information the information is going to be the same with research but how we present it to you is going to change depending on you know what's going on i don't think anybody talked about that yet about what a peer health educator is did i did i miss it i think i touched on it a, a little, little bit, bit. Okay. when i was talking about overseeing peer health educators that are undergraduate students okay. that we hire on and work I don't for think us we say say what they are and why they're effective yeah. why don't you talk a little bit about that um who wants to talk? Uh, well, I can I can go ahead. Okay. Um, so peer health education, it has been around for, I would say, 10 to 15 years, um, but more specifically on college campuses in health promotion. Um, they're just starting to um, implement it across all topic areas. Um, our CAPS promotion department has it. Um, some of the other uh, departments that are growing in health services have it because you don't want to hear from me, a 55-year-old, you know, geeky mom, <laughs> you know, what what you should be doing or shouldn't be doing because that's just not right. But you might understand from your peers a reel talking about how to boil that egg. It's like, oh, okay, I could do that. But if I sat there and said, well, do this and now do that. And um, that's just a teeny tiny example. And you take that and you put it across all the topic areas. And we're hopefully going to be able to get you the information in a way that you can relate to it and become interested in learning more. 
So here in Titanwell, um, we're bringing up peer educators because we have peer health educators and every academic year, the amount that we have varies. Um, we have peer health educators on each team. So Shag has some, uh, Chomp has some, SIP has some, um, and they are really the backbone of what we do, right? You're learning here that there's three health educators and one assistant director, and there are 40,000 students on this campus. There's no way that we could even try to reach all of you. So with our peer health educators, they're really our backbone, our arm, our extension. And with so many of them, we're able to really relay this information, like Jen was saying, in various ways at various times and various days um, to try to reach as many of you as possible. So that's really our whole team. We wouldn't be able to do the work that we do without these students. And we're so fortunate that as a department, you know, we're able to finance it and pay for them to take on these roles um, but they're not the only students that we have as part of our team we also have our graduate peer health educators um, that come from various graduate level programs um, mainly public health and higher higher ed but not to say that we're not open to others kinesiology um, <laughs> um, and they really help lead and facilitate you know education for the peer health educators um, and then from time to time depending on our capability we also take on interns um, and that can look like interns from undergraduate programs or interns from graduate programs that have the background and you know have relevant experience in what we do um, and we can oversee those and um, so I, I think that perfect moment to thank all of our students that we've ever had some of like really great workers um, really great students we've gotten so much positive feedback from students on campus um, and it's really fun to see them I say them our peer health educators be kind of um, recognized, if you will, out, out on the walkway, like, oh, you're the student that, you know, for example, taught me how to hard boil an egg or, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, kudos to them for helping us in our day to day do what we do. And I also like watching them grow when they come in and they kind of yes. have no idea yes. uh, what's going to happen, which we have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen, but we don't know how it's going to happen. And that's what they bring to it. And just watching them grow in confidence and skill level and like you said people recognizing them and they're the, they're the ones creating our social media <laughs> yeah. by the way oh yeah <laughs> if, even if we try to be relevant we might not come across that way to you all so our social media is definitely up to date we're keeping up with the trends and the songs because of them um they do research and they put in hard work creating those posts so well you both bring up um peer our, our peer our peer health educators, PHEs, and our graduate peer health educators. And it's, I just want to tack on uh, how important it is that we continue with peer education um, because, for, I mean, from my standpoint, obviously, I don't lead a team. I used to, so I understand how important it is. And I agree with you, Jen, that um, I loved watching, like, the light bulb moment go off and watching them grow and then coming back and being like, hey, I got this job. You taught me this, X, Y, and Z. Those are all skills that they learn working with us and that's what we provide to them. So our students get a lot from us just as much as we get from them. Um, and so um, I know what you're, you know, Steph, you're talking about like, oh, how great, uh, they're, they're so on point. They have their finger on the pulse, but it's like, we also give them a lot. And I love that about peer education um, from a larger perspective. Like I said, sorry, 
coming back to it, I don't have a team that I lead specifically, but um, you I like the large. all of us. <laughs> yeah. Fear. What do you mean you don't <laughs> well, have a team? Well, that's what I mean. I don't have a team of students, but I love, um, I love the idea of peer education from a larger format because we're hiring students on campus. We are providing employment to students on campus, giving them skills that we hopefully they'll take with them when they leave. So like looking at it from a larger perspective, providing this opportunity for them to learn um, on the job uh, in a safe environment because we're not we're not like obviously there it's a real job but it's not the same kind as if you're out there you know working 40 hours a week like this is something that a student can do they can learn we obviously have a lot of all of us have a lot of experience supporting students so I love this idea of peer education um, and I, I hope to expand it more like Jen was saying other departments are starting to expand their peer education because um, it's such a great way to provide experience on campus in a safe environment mm -hmm. so we give that to them um, just as much as they give to us. I was gonna say I think I remember Stephanie saying when we were doing recruitment this year it's like they don't have to know everything they just have to want to learn mm -hmm. and have some of the essential skills that we need um, and we'll teach you the rest and it's it's a really amazing program in my opinion because you don't have to go in feeling like you're perfect at anything because none of us are right um, and we'll just help you grow in whatever it is maybe you want to learn presentations you know maybe you want to learn outreach um, it just depends and you don't have to know how to do it before you start yeah exactly because we always will teach you the content but it's your willingness to be open that that we really want from our students anybody can be taught anything that's why you're at school because you're learning but your willingness to to grow and to figure out what you want like I always tell students when that like a question I usually ask my graduate undergraduate students is like what do you want to do and, and the answer I like the answer better of I don't want to do this as opposed to I do want to do this if you know what you don't want to do it's really helpful in the future like you know the jobs you're not going to apply for you know the skills that you don't have or maybe you know the skills that you don't have so you want to develop them further so it's like identifying what you don't have or don't want is actually to me much more helpful than knowing what you are good at because everybody's good at something but like what do you want to do with that mm. that mm. you're good at mm. so yeah. we give those skills to the students which is really great so it's awesome. Um, we've been talking a lot about Titan Well um, and what we're doing. So um, why don't we talk a little bit about why we're here? Like we talked about social media. We talked about how our social media presence is pretty dang awesome. Thanks to our students and to um, your guidance as health educators. Why did we, uh, why was this podcast developed? Steph? I think it's another tool that we have um, I would say at our disposal um, to really help educate the students through a different medium, right? I think we've really just hammered enough <laughs> into the fact that we're here trying to reach students in all different ways. And this is just another way to do that. Um, some students are visual learners. Some students are audible, audio learners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we're hoping to reach a whole new subset of students that we normally don't reach. That's exactly what I kind of had, too, is um, it's a tool for people who maybe have never been to the health center or maybe they've never seen the hut. Maybe they've never um, been to one of our education programs, but they like podcasts and or maybe they listen to another Titan Radio podcast and um, hoping we can just 
get our voice out there to a bigger group and then get y'all into our events and our programs and our rap orders. <laughs> or, or maybe it works the opposite way too, right? Maybe you all have been to some of our events, um, seen us out in the walkways or presentations, and you just really enjoyed our content and you're here willingly <laughs> wanting to listen to more content. Um, so I think that's also really great. Yeah, I think, Jen, you mentioned beforehand, like meeting students where they're at. And this seems like another format to meet students where they're at. I mean, somebody like me who has a really long commute, I really do love listening to audio books or something to get rid of the mundane, boring traffic on my way home. So it's like, you don't, here's an example of you don't need to be face to face with somebody to get health promotion. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be right in front and have a meeting with somebody, even like through Zoom. Like you can get your content, like stuff you're saying, they can get your content anywhere at any time for whatever format you're comfortable with. I like the ability that we can maybe deep dive into a few things in here too, because when we're out on campus, we kind of just touch the surface sometimes and have to really generalize about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But I feel like in here, we're going to be able to dive deep into what you all want to learn about um, and also bring in um, other campus partners and maybe even not on campus partners to dive deeper into these topics. And then I also wanted to add kind of bringing it back to like the bigger picture of things. Like why is Titan Wealth here? Why is it important that, you know, you all even learn about health and wellness and why from us? Um, We really care about you as a student and your academia and that coming first. And we recognize that if you're not you know, doing well with your well-being, that that's going to really start impacting other areas of your life, such as your academia, right? So we're here to help you and your well-being so that you can be successful in school. A hundred percent. That's uh, that's probably my favorite part about health promotion is focusing on the whole student and not just one piece of the pie. And so that's why we have so many different avenues, so many different topics, so many different services on campus, because we do want you to be successful. And if one little piece of that wellness pie is um, out of whack or two or three pieces are out of whack, we're gonna hopefully give you some tools to put you back on track and have you feeling good. Well, I've heard this wheel, you both have been talking about it, this wholeness. Can you talk a little bit about what that means? What is the wellness wheel? Or uh, early on in this conversation, you talked, I think, Steph, you brought up, um, like, we're not just talking about physical health. We're talking about other dimensions of health. So um, tell me a little bit about the dimensions of health and what that means for a college student. So... I think when we're talking about health or wellness, a lot of people, like I emphasized, really only focus on, honestly, like physical and mental health, Mm -hmm. right? And I agree. There's no recognition that there's these other dimensions of wellness. Um, And these are like nationally out there. Um, We have our own little spin to, to, we added one. Um, And (laughs) when we're talking about these dimensions of wellness, really we're talking about social well-being, financial well-being, intellectual well-being, spiritual, spiritual, creative well-being, creative, physical, physical. I don't think I said physical yet. Um, So there's nine. We got up we to got, six. We got six. Oh, creative. <laughs> oh, I said that. I oh, said you did. Creative. Just kidding. We're back down to six. Probably should have brought a list. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole bunch. Oh, environmental. Oh, yeah. Environmental is what we said. Financial, career, occupational. They're all the same. Did we say emotional already? Oh, we might not have. Emotional might not be another one. 
If you're keeping track with us, sorry. We'll, <laughs> we'll definitely know all of them. <laughs> Eventually, they're so bitty after a while. So, um, but but Steph, you bring up the fact that it's it's not just we're not just focusing on the physical, like Jen was talking about. We're not just focusing on the physical, emotional, um, spiritual. Oh, you got the list. I got my best friend. Okay. I phoned a friend. Google. Okay. I'm all right. So emotional, occupational, intellectual, environmental. Financial, social, physical, spiritual, and then like I mentioned, because we're creative, we added creative. I can't take all the, the <laughs> you know, the ownership first, of that. At our first, caps I was like, came out oh, with that. I don't like that one, but I thought about it, and actually, being creative is an outlet that we don't think about as people. Mm-hmm, and you're mm-hmm. so busy being productive and organized and paying your bills and exceeding and whatever. Um, just doing something because it's creative and it brings you joy. I actually am really like embracing that that new pillar. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) Yeah. So there's so many other ways that we impact our students. And, And here's another misconception about health promotion where we just talk about one thing, but really like, uh, like Jen, you you mentioned creative. Like I can totally see that with joyful movement. You know, um, I could totally see that with cooking, where you create your own recipes. You know, Steph, I could totally see that where you're using all these different. Again, we're promoting safe sex, so it's like being creative in your sexual practices. Oh yeah. You know? So it's like what we can impact just from our three topics that we have in Titan Well. Like we can impact all the dimensions of wellness um, in a way that hits our students identities in multiple areas there's no one size fits all so having all of the approaches to all of the pillars is really a uh i don't know what i'm trying to say (laughs) (laughs) well but nobody's no no one person is alike so we couldn't have just one one way to look at it yeah we couldn't just have the four pillars that i think are important or the seven that you think are important yeah it's kind of good to get them all and i think what really needs to be focused on is that yeah we just shared all these different dimensions of wellness no way do we ever think or assume or want you all to be well in all areas at one time we really need to stress this fact that we're human and we can't be perfectly complete and whole and well in all areas right so maybe there's some days where you're really thriving in four of these areas but you're really low in the other ones and that's okay it's kind of a give and take and kind of where you're at um you know as long as we're always striving um to try to be as 100 percent as we can be i think that that's really the goal yeah and, and you mentioned like earlier about how we um college students have multiple identities and you're not just doing focusing on one thing so it's it's about what you can do in that moment like maybe today is not a day for physical wellness oh for me that's 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 a day that doesn't happen a lot but maybe today you focus on mental wellness or maybe today you focus on financial wellness maybe today is a day where you apply to a whole bunch of jobs because you can update your resume but it's like yeah absolutely you don't have to hit all of them and and nobody can hit all of them but it's like what can you do today what what do you need the most today well and i'm gonna like dive into my health coaching background but um just thinking about a wellness plan for your four years here or in my case your seven years here um, and where you want to be when you leave you know how do you want to be feeling where do you want to be working what do you want to be doing and if you're working on those things throughout your time here hopefully when you leave you'll have those goals written down and you'll be able to um, say that you worked on them while you were here and it can be 
any any of them it doesn't have to be five of them three of them two of them it can just be whatever you want to do when you leave titan i mean when you leave csuf i guess yeah if you i think it would be successful if if a student walked away from after they've graduated from fullerton knowing that they have a way to impact each of their wellness uh, dimensions mm -hmm. like even just one way mm -hmm. to impact every single one and we've been able to help them with that that is success to me whether mm -hmm. or not you actually do it again because we're talking about long-term behavior change like steph said but you know as long as you're thinking about it that to me is success like that's the best that we can help our students so it's been really great to talk to the both of you about all of this we have been here for a while now so thanks thanks for listening to us uh hanging in there with us. Um, so uh, in our last few moments, um, um, we are going to be talking about um, what kind of topics are you gonna be hosting during this time? Anybody wanna start? Do you want me to go? Yeah, sure. Okay. Like just so, like, let's, let's list a few. Uh, so we're, for me, I'm, I'm trying to partner with uh, different campus partners. For example, I'm partnering with the SRC, um, and we're going to just talk about joyful movement like we had talked about um, a little bit earlier in the show. We're also going to talk about um, weight stigma, health at every size, um, basic needs, um, just kind of thinking at your, looking at nutrition and physical activity from every lens and trying to bring you some new information um, with other resources and other people on campus and off. For me, um, I'm going to be bringing in some partners from SVPAS, um, which is our Sexual Violence Prevention and Advocacy Services team. And we're going to be talking about hookup culture, specifically in the digital realm. Uh, we'll be talking about relationships and healthy boundaries and what that looks like. Um, and then it's not just really focused on my role here. It's also kind of my other things that I'm passionate about. So yes. financial well-being. Um, um, one of the other areas. I think that's the most important one sometimes <laughs> in college. Yeah. <laughs> we don't think about it. Yeah. So hopefully I'll be able to secure somebody um, to come and chat with me on that. Awesome. So for me, um, again, looking at this from a larger perspective, so there's, um, I'll be bringing in some folks focusing on social justice and public health. Um, bringing in an athletic trainer for preventing athletic injuries, talking to some clinicians about what to do after you've burnt out. So some of these topics, um, continue to listen to us because it'll be a really exciting time um, with us here. You're going to be meeting a lot more of our staff uh, throughout our time together. So we're really looking forward to um, continuing this and everything that, that you've heard today. So... You've learned about us and Titan Well and why we have this podcast. So thanks again for sticking around and listening to us. And we'll hear back. We will talk to you again. Remember to follow Titan Well at CSUF Titan Well. If you have any topics you want to learn more about, DM us on Instagram. We are so excited to hear from you and what you want to hear from us. This episode was produced by Titan Well Health Promotion Services. Living Well with Titan Well is a product of CSUF's Titan Radio.